There are countless underrated cities all throughout the United States and the world. These cities don't really get talked about or thought about much, but if you've ever been to one, you know there's a special energy in the DNA of that town. Whether it's the people, the architecture, the history, the attractions, the food, the sports, these underrated places have fascinating culture, and one could say they're hidden gems. If you listen to the Iowa episode, you'll know that Cameron and I approached it with an open mind. Iowa wasn't a place we knew too much about. Instead of turning down the opportunity to visit Iowa, Cameron and I jumped at the chance to go, and what we found was a destination beyond our expectations. I encourage anybody to travel with an open mind, especially to places that aren't talked about much, because a lot of times they are totally underrated. This is DBE, and this is a destination rewind to Omaha, Nebraska. In the world of travel, things are constantly changing. There's always something to learn about the places we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations, a podcast designed for students of travel. This is DBE, and this is your host, Stevie G. There are so many teachers across the country right now that wish they could be back in their classroom, not a virtual one. Teachers, while you're at home, you should check out Kaleidoscope Adventures by going to www.mykatrip.com. Kaleidoscope Adventures have been planning student group trips for over 26 years, and they will be there when you're ready to travel. When you get to their website, scroll down to see what other teachers have to say about their Kaleidoscope Adventures experience, and then scroll up and check out their free trip quote feature. If you want to talk to a tour consultant about your next trip idea, no problem. Their number is 800-774-7337, and they will be happy to speak with you about your next student group trip. Again, visit them online at www.mykatrip.com or give them a call at 800-774-7337. You and I have taken some really cool trips. You love telling stories. Yeah, just do it all over again for all of our other trips. Yeah, would you be down for it? Yeah, man, no problem. Let's do it. You're listening to a Destination Rewind with Stevie G and Cameron. Welcome in, everybody. This is DBE, and uh, I'm here with Cameron again. Howdy. Uh, before we dive into the episode, Cameron, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about the theme music that we now have for these Destination Rewinds? That is so sick. I love the sound of it. It's really, really well done, like in a professional studio sound. Thanks, dude. I did it. No. Yeah, I did. You're pretty impressive. Ah, shucks. Stop it. All right, so we are here today, and we're going to talk about Omaha. Sit. Hut. See, that's the thing. I didn't know much about Omaha. I knew three things. Peyton Manning used it in his pre-snap count a bunch. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, Warren Buffett like lived there or is from there or something. One of those. One of those, number two. 
And number three, they do some really good steaks there. Yes, Omaha Steaks. Shout out. Is there anything else you knew about Omaha before going in? Pretty much just the pain manning and the steaks. Yeah, that's what we knew going in. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But we were pleasantly surprised when we got the chance to actually go and visit there, which we got that chance because of a conference, actually. Uh, the American Bus Association Conference, mm-hmm. ABA. And they do rotate their conference every year, but this year it happened to be in Omaha. Perfect. So let's run the trip out. Day one. Day one. We fly out of Orlando, connected in St. Louis, and then ended up in Omaha. Which, just briefly touching in St. Louis, that's somewhere I'd like to visit in the future. Um, both because my girlfriend and her family are from there and also because I visited before but didn't really see as much as I wanted to. Um, but just the airport itself, that was my first time in the St. Louis airport. It was I like the way it was laid out. I'm really critical of airports, if you can't tell. Um, it had some space to it, so I don't have to be surrounded by people because I can't stand that. And I was transferring, so I didn't get to go through security. But from what I saw the security line, it was pretty well laid out. Um, a lot of it, it moved pretty quick, actually. And I really respect that in an airport that can get their security quick. Yep. Um, I noticed a couple of interesting characters in the airport. As I mean, I guess you always do, right? There's always some interesting folks walking yeah. around the airport. There's some places that are uh, more interesting than others, that's for sure. Uh, we left St. Louis and touched down in Omaha, where it was in the single digits. Because this happened in January. Yeah, it was like 9 degrees. It was. But we got through it. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to say this. It wasn't that bad for, I thought it was going to be much worse. We ended up spending a lot of time indoors and, uh, I had a thick jacket. Mm, Oh yeah. The jacket really helped. Um, we have like one in our closet from when we go somewhere (laughs) cold. Um, it was really cold at first to get used to, but then I think once we got used to it, it really wasn't too bad. And it was also sunny while we were there and Mm. that helped a lot too. Um, because if it was actually like snowing, um, we did get a little snow. Got, yeah, yeah. But when, but when we got the there, time. when we first got there, yeah, um, it was pretty sunny out, so that helped warm me up. But it was it was a lot colder than Florida, that's for sure. So our first thing that we did was we checked in at the Homewood Suites in Omaha, which was right by TD Ameritrade Park, which is where they have the College World Series every year, and the stadium is really nice. Yeah, it was really big from the outside, especially compared to like um, just normal college stadiums. And you didn't expect, I wasn't even familiar with this because I don't follow baseball, but I was wondering what, that's a massive stadium. I wonder what kind of team plays there. And then we figured we put two and two together. Uh, and it's a huge draw for the city of Omaha. So the area surrounding the stadium is a bunch of hotels, restaurants, nice little bars. Um, it's pretty quaint and fun to walk around to. And the convention center is across the street from the stadium. Yeah. Everything's kind of right there in that little area, and um, there really is a lot to do. It's great if you're going to come up and watch the World Series. Um, you know, you can grab food, drinks. There's hotels all around, so it's really great, and you don't have to walk much if you're just going to do the World Series. It's all right there. Mm-hmm. Homewood Suites, everyone knows the name, and if you don't know the name, it's a quality, you know, standard, reliable, dependable brand. This one in particular was nice because it was so close to uh, like everything, the restaurants, the stadium, mm-hmm. the convention center. So that was really convenient. Yeah, really good. If you want to go to the College World Series, I mean, it's probably going to be more expensive then. But 
uh, it's definitely a great place to stay, really convenient access. Um, and then so after a day of traveling, obviously, we were starving, and we started looking up restaurants around the area, and one really stood out to us in that it was the Old Mattress Factory Bar and Grill, which we are told actually used to be a mattress factory. I guess the old was just because it was back in the day. But um, pretty neat bar, you know, nothing really crazy, like no mattresses on the wall or anything, which I was kind of expecting to be in like an insane asylum, locking mattresses everywhere. But just a normal bar. And it was pretty tasty food. I got a chicken sandwich. It was much better than I expected. I will say this. Their food's nothing to sleep on. Ha. <laughs> All right, now we lost all of our listeners. So. <laughs> Guys, I am sorry, but I have to be honest with you. Corny jokes are going to happen from time to time on this podcast. I just, I can't help it sometimes. I don't remember exactly what I got, but I remember like, yeah, this is good. I'll recommend it to anybody that goes to Omaha. Yeah, it's neat. The, the history of it and the food's good. And the aesthetic of being in there, it's kind of cool because it's like a, you can t- remember it's like an old transformed building that used to be something else. So it's a really cool energy and vibe that's in the place. Then we spent some time setting up for the conference mm-hmm, because yeah. that was the priority, the reason we were there in the first yeah. place. Oh, and actually one of the things I saw in the convention center that I wanted to point out was a um, a banner that the Nebraska CVB, the people who were trying to get you to go there, put up as an advertisement that had about eight people in a giant metal barrel kind of tub, like what you'd fill with ice and beer, oh, yeah. floating down a, a river. And it, it said something funny like, oh, yeah, there's nothing to do here. And I didn't get to find out more about that experience, but that's something I would definitely like to try because can you imagine just being surrounded by beer and a bucket floating down the river with your buddies? No, that's fun. It's ideal. Yeah. And I do want to mention this too. If you are going to go to a conference in Omaha – like, don't be worried. Don't be concerned. It is a beautiful convention center. Really, like, blew my mind. I was like, conference in Omaha. Is it at, like, some nicer hotel? But no, they have their own convention center, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, really well done. Really well done, Omaha. So we set up for the conference a little bit, and uh, we got that done. And then you and I had kind of gone our separate ways for the evening. Thank goodness. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to tell my side first? Yeah, I know you talk about your experience. So I had probably one of the fanciest, like probably a top three fancy meal of my life at a place called The Gray, spelled G-R-E-Y. That's how fancy it is. The Gray Plume. And it was absolutely amazing food. It was a four course meal. What kind of food was it? I would call it like new American, Mm -hmm. modern American food. Do you remember what you got? I did have uh, some salmon that was like rolled up as the main course. Rolled up salmon. Yeah, it was, I've never seen it presented. Who rolls that way. up salmon? They do, and wow. it was delicious. Pinkies out. Oh, Pinkies geez. out. I mean, we had wine. We had some red wine at the table, feeling super classy. Um, and like, even I remember they brought out like for the first course or whatever, it was like some kind of bisque, like a squash bisque or something like that. Oh yeah. It was like they barely filled the bowl. Like, Perfect. you know, like the way it's presented. In That's a how you know fashion. it's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was delicious. Like the best, best bisque I've ever had. Mm. Best bisque. Um, and I did walk away full. It wasn't like one of those fancy meals where you like, you know, you have a little corner here. Right. And, and then you're starving. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's, I was full. Yeah. 
That's unusual to get delicious tasting food that actually fills you up. If you are a gentleman trying to impress a nice young lady in Omaha, take her to the Gray Plume. Yeah, wow. That's big statement, but you yeah. know what? It it was great. That's awesome. And so for my uh, evening, I got to go to a hockey game, which was awesome because I love hockey. Uh, the Lancers are up there in Omaha, and they have their own stadium, which is a pretty big attraction for everybody out there. Um, I wasn't really sure because it's like minor league hockey, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, there are actually some kids still in high school uh, that were playing on the team, which surprised me. And then a good bit of them uh, younger in college that still played on other teams. But this was like their semi-pro kind of starting out their careers, I guess. It was pretty fun. Uh, really good stadium. I was shocked. The whole place was actually like completely full. When the weather's freezing outside, everybody came out to come watch hockey and support their team, which... Growing up in Orlando, we don't have a lot of uh, committed, loyal fans. Um, and that was nice to see. Also, a really fun game. They ended up losing 1-0, but a lot of fun. A lot of good fun. I mean, we're both big hockey fans. We love hockey. Go Bolts. Do you, Yeah, go Bolts. Um, did you see any fights at the game? No, there weren't any fights. Uh, there Probably because it's more younger. Like, at minor yeah. league, they try to not put that in the game. A lot more in the technical aspects of the game, moving the puck around and, you know, shifting, getting open and whatnot. But, um Really good atmosphere. I mean, the fans were super supportive. Where'd you guys sit? Oh, yeah. So we were behind the net, actually, in this, like, box area. Um, There were some seats right there by the glass and a couple of couches. And it was a pretty nice experience. You know, it's not the best for watching hockey, per se. But you really got to feel the game. Like, the shots were coming right at the glass. It was a lot of fun, though. Really good experience. So that was day one in Omaha, our first full day of Omaha. Not bad at all. Good food. Good hockey. All right. Day one is in the books. Day two. Day two, Sunday, January 12th. Now, most of this day was spent at uh, the conference for us. We had to work. We had to work. I mean, that's what we do sometimes. But uh, so in the evening, we actually did have a chance to go somewhere really unique. And that was the Durham Museum. Yeah, the Durham Museum. That was a really interesting place that I didn't know anything about coming into it, obviously. Like, I did some re- a little quick Google search, you know, before we got there, and I saw that there were some trains and whatever, but that was all I knew when we rolled up. So the Durham Museum is a really unique museum. It's located at the historic Union Station, which was part of the Union Pacific Railroad. Railroads at one time were instrumental in building this country, and a lot of trains went through Omaha, so it's really fitting to have a museum that focuses on the history of railroads in Omaha. Beyond that, the Durham Museum does a fabulous job of presenting some of the history of the region. Okay, Cameron, back to you to enlighten us on what you learned about trains at the Durham Museum. Um, The trains brought in a lot of uh, supplies, building materials, food, people, obviously settlers, and it, it served a huge purpose. And the museum really focuses on what all it did to bring people in they actually have uh models of their trains like full cars i guess train cars yeah yeah down in the bottom part of the museum that you can walk into and see the different eras of the trains and how they evolved you see the models and they had a massive exhibit which i think they rotate from different exhibits in there but down there it was all about the history of the founding of it and everything yeah they uh well also we were there for an event so 
it was private to everyone that was at that mm-hmm. conference, right? So um, what I noticed right away is that it's a great space for a lot of people. It can really handle a lot of people. And for a, a, an event, a large event, this is a great space. But we did get the chance to do museum things as well, um, apart from the mingling and, you know, chit-chatting that goes along with an event like this. And like you said, those things, those exhibits were really, really neat. One of the cool things I noticed, um, too, was the model train area where they had a, a big sort of room with model trains kind of running throughout it. Yeah, and the seating area, in the, as soon as you walk into the museum, is built, I guess, just like how it was back in the day as the train station where you sit and wait for your train. And it's typical of those old movies. You'd watch those old westerns where they have those wooden benches really long. Um, those are a pretty cool experience just to go and see that. And they also had real trains outside on the tracks that I assumed were operational. I didn't see them going, but yeah, they had a whole bunch of them too. So it was a pretty unique experience because Florida in and of itself doesn't have a big railroad system, nor do I think we ever really did. And so that history of the railroads building America, especially into the West, that was really cool to see that upfront and personal. Yeah. And I know you touched on some of these topics, but it was really cool to see like the Native American history and the history of Nebraska kind of woven into all these exhibits that they had. Um, it was pretty cool. And I would say if you're really in trains and uh, farming and the history of, you know, the United States was woven into that too. Yeah. I mean, you could spend a couple hours here. For oh, yeah. sure. If, you, if you're really big into history, definitely. Just there's so much information there to read. So after um, we experienced the Durham Museum, which is really cool, for those of you that don't know, right next to the state of Nebraska and right next to Omaha is one of our favorite states in the world. Iowa. Round two, where the casino's at. So we took an Uber over the Missouri River and we got into Iowa and we did some gambling at the Horseshoe Casino in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Yeah, they had three uh, casinos in the whole area. The other ones were Ameristar and Harris, but Horseshoe Casino just sounded sounded like it lucky. Yeah, it sounded lucky. How did it feel being back in Iowa after we had been there like six, seven months ago? You know, it was like coming back to your second home, really. Um, obviously, this was the complete opposite side of the state than we were on, so it was a good bit different. But I think overall, it was still Iowa. Yeah, that's right. We were on the, the eastern part of Iowa in the uh, earlier episode, and now we're all the way on the western part of the state. But it's Iowa, so we had to gamble, of course. And yep. so you and I went in and uh, talk about talk about uh, the casino experience for you. Oh, it was a nifty casino, pretty flat, pretty laid out. Honestly, I preferred the ones over uh, on the eastern side a lot better, but um, it was nice. I mean, I sat down at the roulette table and spent about an hour and a half, walked away, wash. And uh, you uh, didn't do so hot, did you? You know, I felt like we were we were wanted. We were on the run from Iowa. <laughs> uh, they uh, we took some money from them earlier on that earlier trip, and I think uh, they tipped off this casino that we were back in the area. And uh, I mean, when I first stepped into that casino, I noticed the suits were out. All the managers were on the floor. Big facts. I felt everyone's eyes on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're like, there he is. The notorious Stevie G casino winner. Yeah. And I, um, so it was, it was difficult. I stepped up to the roulette table and uh, I went through a hundred dollars pretty fast. And then I was like, I'm, I'm done. 
I'm not going to gamble anymore. Yeah, you got him to walk away. I mean, for me, I imagine the experience was like what people surrounding celebrities feel like when they walk out in public. Yeah, everybody's staring near you but not at you. Yeah, I'm like a an Iowa celebrity now at this yeah, point. Yeah, Iowa's most wanted, Stevie G. Yeah, ooh, it's a yeah, but uh, no, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. It's like an adult arcade. You walk in, you spend some money, you have a good time. Except for you have the opportunity to walk away. But even if you lose money, like you're still having some fun. At the end of the day, I'm still up on Iowa at this point. Oh yeah, big facts. So it's it's all good. I don't mind, you know, being a little charitable to the state that I love. Yeah, then that was a long night, so we were back to the hotel and hit the hay for sure. We were tired. Hit the hay in our spacious rooms at the Homewood Suites, and that was a day. Day three. Okay, day number three. So we are now on to day number three, which was, again, mostly dedicated to the conference. But in the evening, we had some really cool opportunities for neat experiences. Yeah, the cool part about this conference is that it's in the tourism industry. So part of what they do is you spend the day doing business, meeting people, connections, etc. And then in the evenings, they always give you the time and the opportunity to explore the host city, which are typically cities that maybe you wouldn't travel to on your own, which is what we got to do. And Stevie had a really unique opportunity presented to him. Yeah, so I went to a private event in a space called The Living Room. Now, The Living Room is sort of like a uh, event space where you can do weddings, you know, parties, things like that. But we had a catered dinner there that was very good, really good catered dinner. And then um, for the main part, they brought out a country artist named Charlie Warsham, who I'd never heard of before because, you know, I'm not super big into country. And he was our entertainment for that night. And I want you guys to kind of understand that this room, um, it was big, it was spacious, but there was only about 40 to 50 people um, at this event. So it was really like an intimate feel. You were very close to the performer. And um, I learned that he actually had a, a song that hit number seven on the country charts at one point. Mm. Correction, his song, Could It Be, actually reached 13 in the country. But Charlie is also currently a member of Old Crow Medicine Show, who has the iconic version of the song Wagon Wheel. Side note, I just listened to Old Crow Medicine Show's Live at the Ryman on Spotify, and I really enjoyed it if you're looking for something to listen to. And um, he was an amazing guitar player, really cool dude, Nashville cat, you know what I mean? Like, he was he's from Mississippi, um, but he lives in Nashville, works in Nashville, plays with a lot of big names and just a really good guitar player. And, um, wasn't he a big songwriter too? Didn't he have some, yeah, he, he co-writes songs. Mm. I don't know if, I don't know what songs he's co-written, but I know he co-writes songs and, um, it was really cool because it was like a, an unplugged set. You know what I mean? I mean, he was plugged into an amp, but it was just him acoustically. Mm. That's it. He didn't have a band behind him, anything like that. Just playing to us, chatting with us, super chill dude. Um, he had, he had one really cool song that really, truly resonated with me because this is January 13th, and this was a span for me personally where I started traveling on December 4th, and I ended up going to a few different countries and all up and down the East Coast of the United States, and between December 4th and January 13th, I think I was only home for like five or six days. Other than that, I was on the road. It was a very busy, very packed schedule, but I've, I got to see so many things. 
and he had a song called Young to See. And it really connected with me because the song's all about, you know, you have to be young to kind of see this stuff. And if you're young, go do it. Go experience it. And um, it was really cool. After he performed his entire set, I actually got the chance to meet him. He invited anybody that wanted to chat with him to come up and grab a CD, take a picture. And he, you know, shared his latest album. He gave you his latest album signed. And so I I wanted to ask him a couple questions as a musician myself. Um, I wanted to ask him who was his, some of his heroes growing up in the guitar world. Because he was a monster guitar player, monster guitar player. And he said his biggest hero was Vince Gill. And I also wanted to ask him, what are some names right now of some people that might be under the radar, but people that are on your playlist? And he gave me a few names, uh, Brandy Clark. Haley Witters and Freddie King Burglar, who I since have checked out um, on Spotify, which by the way, you can find the DBE podcast on Spotify too. You sure can. Good plug right there. That was a good plug. Yeah, well done. And so uh, it was just really cool to, to hear him give open and honest answers. And he was just such a humble guy, you know, very humble. Um, between this experience and meeting Jimmy Allen, both really good dudes, like, really like human i would describe them as human they're not like too big for you know the space mm. that they're in which is really cool yeah, and steve for those of us that aren't big musicians who is vince gill vince gill is a uh, a little bit older musician who was a uh he's a singer and a bluegrass player and he, he can play a lot of different instruments and he's a songwriter he's done it all i mean he's been all through nashville he's a member of the opry of course mm. where he's known to appear quite a bit and uh, just a monster musician in the bluegrass world, in the country world. If you're in that space, you will know who Vince Gill is. He's amazing. Go check him out, too, while you're checking out Charlie Warsham and the DBE podcast on Spotify. Beautiful. And yeah. Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Tune Stitcher. In. Tune in. All of them. Yep. And so while you were at that absolutely one-of-a-kind experience, I got to go to a dinner that was not as memorable, but still enjoyable, of course. Um, had a delicious meal, and then it was also the same night as the national championship game. And my dad went to Clemson, so I have family ties. So I was quickly trying to eat my meal and as politely as I could excuse myself and run back to the hotel to uh, catch at least the second half of the game, which I did, and that was a disappointing half to watch. But... Um, Good night for me in the end because we actually ended up getting a meal after as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had only eaten one dinner that night, so you were still hungry. Yeah, I was under. You were under. Yeah. So we said, let's go grab some food. You said, let's go grab some food. I was like, let me check out the beer in Nebraska Mm -hmm. because we were so close to Iowa, which we mentioned in the other podcast was such a great beer state. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you had your favorite beer ever from Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah. And Nebraska's right next to it, so they must have good beer, too. It's got to be related. So we went to a place called Burger Theory, which was right by our hotel. Very walkable. Um, And how was that? What did you think? The burger was so good. And the fries, too. Because I'm a big burger and fries guy. I'm just weird like that. Well, it's a good American classic fare. Yeah, pretty basic. Um, Really, really delicious. Honestly, really stood out as a good burger place. And um, the beers, too, that they had on tap were a good bit of them are local, I believe, right? They were, and I am 
kicking myself because I don't remember exactly which one I had. Mm. Um, but I do remember it was good. And I was thinking like, wow, we must be next to Iowa because this is some really good beer. Yeah, it was like a burger brewery combo. You know, it's really good food. They had some TVs. It's a good spot to check out if you want to watch some sports or something, hang out, grab a beer. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're doing the College World Series trip out there, this would be a great place when your team's not playing to go and get food and relax and watch the other games. Yeah, and it's very walkable, again, to the baseball stadium. Yeah. So after that, we went back and had one more night at the Homewood Suites and woke up, finished out our conference, and that was our trip. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a nice little drive to the airport and uh, checked in all the... Uh, there's a, Oh, there's a lot of good architecture there, too, actually. A lot of cool buildings. I was going to ask you, like, what what are your overall thoughts on Omaha after going through an entire trip? Yeah, overall, I think it was a unique experience. It's a little more off the beaten path, which I enjoy places like that. Um, it's got some highlights, actually. We weren't able to do everything that I think we would like to do. What were, what were some of the things that you think we missed out on? Oh, my gosh. There's a whole list. So... I know everyone was talking about the the Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's actually a critically acclaimed uh, zoo. It's uh, People often refer to it as like their favorite zoo or the best zoo in the world mm-hmm. even. Um, I read that they have 962 species of animals um, and that it opened in 1894. Yeah, it's an old zoo. It's a very old zoo, very historic, and uh, I think they have over 17 thousand animals yeah yeah and i think um TripAdvisor ranked it in 2014 the world's best zoo beating out san diego and somebody else that usually wins i know like san diego is a big one in berlin people always compare this one to those zoos as well so that's a big deal that's yeah. those are some big names yeah and one of the other things is uh the Lauritsen gardens which is uh arbitorium in omaha and it's got beautiful beautiful gardens and it's like, I guess yeah, I would call it a biodome because I'm ignorant, but I don't know what else you would call it. Uh, much plants inside like a greenhouse. Yeah. Um, it looked beautiful on the website. I'm going to get a chance to check that out. But something we did see, but didn't get a personal experience was the... The Bob Carey Pedestrian Bridge, which I understand is also referred to as the Bob by mm, some people. Yeah, the Bob. And I think that's like a, a 3,000 foot bridge that goes over the Missouri River and connects Nebraska to Iowa. That bridge was actually really neat because you could see it every night as we were walking back from the convention center to the hotel because they would light it up these beautiful, beautiful colors. And you just walk right over the river and apparently it's some gorgeous views. So I'm really disappointed we actually didn't take the time to walk out over there. Yeah, next time for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, one thing you were talking about was the squirrel cage jail. Yeah. I read that on uh, one of the blogs. Um, it's a haunted jail in council bluffs, Iowa. It opened in 1885. It was, uh, uh, the first Potawatomi County jail and it was used until 1969 where then they turned it into like a museum where they give tours and whatnot. So I'm really interested in old crime stuff and, uh, jails and whatnot. So I thought that'd be a really cool experience. Yeah. I mean, me and you are both, I would say into history. Yeah. We love history. And the last thing I wanted to say that we didn't get to see, but I want to definitely do next time I'm in Omaha is the Lewis and Clark national historic trail headquarters. 
Yeah, so from what I understand is that the U.S. National Park Service has preserved and maintained uh, parts of the original trail in which Lewis and Clark took on their um, expedition through the Louisiana Purchase. And it's 3,700 miles, uh, I believe, what the trail includes. And it starts out in Pittsburgh, uh, or in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure it's Pittsburgh exactly. And it goes to um, Oregon. And they said you can, like actually do the trail like four weeks or something like that yeah that's pretty cool and um they actually have the headquarters right there like near omaha so it's like a big visitor center and a good like point on the map to connect if you're going to go ahead and take that amazing journey like lewis and clark did back in the day yeah so a lot of great history in omaha some good food good sports definitely worth checking out if you're looking for a, a vacation that's not so well known yeah um Omaha, to me, was more modern than I thought it would be. The convention center was super nice. The baseball stadium was super nice. Um, There's stuff to do if you're like our age, if you're a millennial. There's great spots around town. I've heard Omaha has great, great food. And I know firsthand I got to experience that at the Grey Plume. And I'm sure there's some other spots around town that I could check out as well. Other than that, it is really cold there. We learned that the Mm -hmm. hard way. Especially in January. Thanks for going over uh, Omaha with me, buddy. And uh, I'll have you back on the podcast next week where we go out of the country to talk about our next trip. Can't wait. All right, man. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for not only listening to this week's podcast, but also for liking us on Facebook and hitting subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and other streaming services. If you haven't done those things yet, I would love if you could. It helps our podcast grow so we can reach more students of travel. While you're checking out Destinations Beyond Expectations, give Charlie Warsham a listen. He's an extremely talented artist and just overall cool guy. You can check him out at charliewarsham.com. So the next three Destination Rewinds get really interesting because... The destinations we're about to cover are on a lot of people's travel lists. Tune in next week when Cameron and I take you to a totally different continent. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you are as well. Talk to you soon.